Hello and welcome to episode two of Blokeology, evidence-based health, fitness and lifestyle for normal blokes. My name is Ewan Lawson and today's episode is all about basic equipment for running. The first season of Blokeology is all about getting you running if you haven't before. And if you have been doing some running, building some good habits and developing techniques and approaches that will stand you in good stead for the future. Let's get cracking. What we really want to cover in today's episode is a solid basic guide to the kit and equipment you will need to get going with running. Today I'm talking with John Richmond. John is, like myself, a doctor. He's also a GP. That's a specialist in family medicine. Now, there are lots of opinions out there about running equipment, uh, not a great deal of hard facts. We talk about a few of those, but we also try to offer some common sense advice to help get you going. You can find all the show notes at www.blokeology.io forward slash 002. Blokeology is about a lot more than just running, and you can read more articles that tease out some of the evidence base around men's health for normal blokes at blokeology.io. And you can also sign up for the Journal of Blokeology. That's our regular newsletter and you'll find details about that at www.blokeology.io forward slash journal where you can also download a free Healthy Bloke Action Plan. Let's get on with the chat with John. Today, we're talking about equipment and the basic kit that you need to get running. John, you're a bit of a kit monster, aren't you? Yes, I am. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think everybody gets their own sort of special things that they like. So I particularly like, for instance, um, Lycra trousers. I don't like wearing baggy shorts, so I tend to get a bit of rub as a result of it. So there's there's all those sorts of sort of particular things that suit you around kit. But I think, as yeah. I said in the last episode, I think it's really important to have kit that you're comfortable in and that that makes you want to go out and run. So I, that might be another issue for my Lycra. I think probably I look better in Lycra than I do in a baggy pair of shorts. I don't know. Yeah, you, may, you, may be, you may be an exception in the population then of someone who looks better in Lycra than without it. It's always self-perception though, isn't it? <laughs> That's the most important <laughs> thing. I don't actually know. I don't, or care, it seems, what I look like. As I just think that, I think that I've got the kit. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're quite a slim guy. You probably do look better in Lycra. I think a lot of people get a bit nervous about Lycra, don't they? And then how they're perceived in it. Yes. And, and, and it was very much, it, first and foremost, it is a comfort thing so that I do get chafing in between my legs if I wear loose shorts as opposed to Lycra. So there's not really a choice for me, but, um, so maybe I've just got yeah. my head around thinking that I look better in a bit in Lycra. I don't know. I think it's important, actually. I, kind of, I thought we'd just go from you know top to toe or actually toe to top in terms of the equipment. Yes. Okay. But I think that is a fundamental principle that you have to be comfortable in it, don't you? If you're, you're putting something on that makes you feel weird and self-conscious, and I suppose everybody when they're first running might feel a little bit like that when they're first putting on running kit. But the closer you can get to feeling a little bit comfortable with it at the start, then that's going to make a big difference. Yes, and I suppose from that point of view, it's probably better to start with less revealing clothes than Lycra. It's probably better to go maybe a bit baggy so that you're not worrying about, you're thinking that you're looking a bit more like a normal person running rather than a runner. Yeah. 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 I think that's fair enough. And I think, I mean, we'll come, we'll come back to shorts and leggings, but you can always wear the Lycra stuff underneath and something a little bit baggier on top if you feel like that as well. Yeah. 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 
So um, let's start with shoes, because I guess that's the number one thing. And there's a little bit of technique stuff that starts to come in here, that whole barefoot and forefoot running thing. But we're, we can cover that in more depth in another episode. Yeah. But it's probably important. So what what are you running in at the moment? So I'm currently running in Vibram Five Fingers. Um, and right. I, I've, I, I talked about barefoot running. I went back to, after that, I went back to wearing... Uh, go run fives which are sketchers runners which i i really rate i think they're good i mm-hmm. think they are sort of midsole landing so y- you don't tend to land on the heels in them either so got a fairly low profile but i just i liked my vibram five fingers when i had them before and, and when I, I'd, I'd had a couple of pairs of go run go run fours and then go run fives and um i just wanted a change so I, I, I went for a slightly more rugged uh vibram five finger because i I had an intention to to go back to doing some more off-road running. Um, so, yeah, that's what yeah. I've got. So, so people who don't know, the the Vibram, Vibram five Vibram fingers Vibram. are the ones which are more like sort of foot gloves, aren't they? So they're yeah. very kind of the closest to be- you can get to barefoot running without actually having to go out and feel the bobbly tarmac under your soles of your feet. Yeah, and it, it, compared to barefoot running, they're, they're very much more comfortable. And... Um, <laughs> But they, they do again. They look a bit weird because you've got your five toes sticking out the front of them. Not not bare, but in you know they're covered. But they do they do look strange. And um, yeah, but I like them because I just I like them. Yeah. I like I like wearing yeah. them. So yeah. out of interest, do you do you see anybody else in five fingers these days? No, don't think I've, the only time I've ever seen anyone in five fingers was years ago. It was like. A ridiculously long time ago. They can only just have been invented or made. If it feels like about 15, 15 years ago, something like that. Someone came to the door selling something and he had a pair of Vibram five fingers on. I said, what are they? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just that guy. So, yeah, because they, they, they were obviously very trendy for a while, but I haven't seen anybody in them for a long time no. out and about. No. Um. So do you, and so do you, you're where you say more rugged. Have you got different shoes for on road, off road, trail running, John? Used to, but again, no, I don't anymore. I've just just have one pair of shoes at the time. I just run them out for um, five hundred, six hundred kilometers, and then change. Yeah, yeah. So do you keep a track of that in terms of you roughly? Do you know how long you have them for? Yeah, because I do use my Garmin and it tracks all my runs, and you can log in your. You can log in your equipment and it keeps a track of how long you're running on them. So, and I, and I yeah. don't really know if that is right, but, but it also coincides by the time I'm thinking I could really, I'd really like a new pair of shoes. <laughs> and that's a good excuse. Yeah. Yeah. I log all mine on Strava. Um, and yeah. I know almost exactly when they're going to be wearing out. And interestingly, it is also about five or 600 kilometers. I, I can, I, I can, well, they start to get holes in them at five or 600 kilometers and that's a bit of a clue yeah so um, you're, you're running predominantly roads i am as i say i bought these thinking i'm going to do some more off-road but it's, it never transpired and um so it's it, it's all been road running um and um I, I think i did one fell run this year in them and that was the first time that they'd been out off-road and they were really good actually they were um really grippy and and good to run in yeah so. they still got the grip on the bottom or they got yeah, like some quite, kind of lug these are, these are specific sort of off-road um vibrams with quite a chunky chunky sole on them interesting i didn't even, i didn't even know they did them i always just thought they would be kind of tarmac 
No, yeah. So they've got, yeah, they've got, um, they, you know, they've got a, a grip pattern on them, whereas the tarmac yeah. ones tend to be almost, almost flat completely. Yeah, that would be that would barefoot. That is one occasion when barefoot would be hilariously rubbish, wouldn't it? When you're out in the fells and the hills, because your feet <laughs> yeah. would just you have no your shoes are clearly a lot better at gripping onto slippy grass than yeah. your bare yeah bare, bare soles. In fact, actually, I have to say, I have a bit of a legend and I'm a bit of a legend in our household for having slippy feet anyway, and that I'm always falling over in the shower or the bath. <laughs> that's my, that's your that's thing. my it's, it's, it's a standing joke. Yeah. That I, as it were, that I tend to follow. So I would be an absolute disaster running barefoot on the fells. I'd probably just be, I'd be injured in no time. Yeah. <laughs> but in that, on that born to run book, that guy was running barefoot over anything. And, um, so yeah. it obviously is still possible, but yeah. So, I think it is. I suspect they don't get that much rain, and um, they don't. In, in, in it was all kind of, yeah, desert and rocks. Yeah, you'd, and that side of things. So um, I've got road running and fell running shoes, mm. um, and my road running shoes are Miso, Misuno, yeah. Misuno yeah. Wave Hitagamis, and they're really lightweight, and I quite like them. I had I had Asics for years, and several pairs of Asics, which were much heavier and much chunky. And they're yeah. chunkier, and they're probably a good place for a beginner run at the start. Those kind of Asics shoes, because I think they're supposed to—they're quite neutral. So people talk about pronation when you turn your feet in, or if it goes the other way. So they're, they're relatively neutral. They're quite robust. They're supposed to be pretty good for higher mileage. They've got a bit of cushioning in, but nothing completely outrageous. I also started on Asics for the pretty much the same reason. Had them for a number of years, uh, and then they seem to harden them up. They seem to be, get harder at one point and I, and I went off them and so I never went back to them. Yeah. Interestingly, I was looking at the, um, I was looking at the uh, stats for these ASICs that I used to have and the Hitagami, because you can look on these websites and it tells you all sorts of information about it. And actually, because the, the pair I've got now felt like super lightweight and I think they're a bit more, I always thought they're a bit more forefoot running. So there's less, there's a smaller drop, you know, that the drop that they have from the heel to the forefoot. And the trend these days has been for smaller drops, isn't there? From Yeah. You know, so it's a bit more like that kind of forefoot, not quite obviously barefoot running, but a bit more forefoot style. Yeah. And actually there was almost no difference, but they feel, they, they feel really different when they're on my feet. They're Misuno, Misuno ones, uh, really Hitagami. I should just call them Hitagami because I obviously can't say Misuno. The, uh, the, the Hitagami ones and they're really, they've, they're really lightweight. They're, there's about, they're about a hundred grams lighter per shoe, I think, which mm. seems like nothing, but when I'm out in them, I really notice the difference. I, and I, I, that's my only, the first pair of running road shoes I've ever had, which weren't Asics. Um, and I, interestingly, when I went to them, they did give me blisters at first and I was quite annoyed with them. And I, I think my general advice to anybody getting shoes is that Asics is a really good place to start or any of these big manufacturers with their sort of big shoes that they've been using for years, the same ones that are kind of tied and tried and tested. They're a really good place to start with kind of like the GT1000, the A6 one, they're really, you know, you can't go too far wrong with them. No, I think you're um, right. And it, uh, once you settle into working out what your running style is, and I wouldn't get too worried about whether or not you're a heavy pronator or whether you've got high arches or low flat feet or actually just probably starting with a relatively neutral shoe isn't too complicated. And going from there is probably a good a place to to begin your running journey as anywhere. And I think of of the times when I've had advice about which shoes that I should get. I've always ended up with a pair of shoes I don't particularly like. And that goes back, <laughs> you know, both comfort-wise. Like, for instance, I got some uh, Mizuno one time and they're just a little bit wide for me, or the ones I got were. 
And, um, so I bought a pair of shoes and there's a pair of shoes bought and, <laughs> you know, yeah. you've got to wear them in and, uh, before you can change them again. So, um, in my mind anyway. And, yeah. um, yeah, so it, 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 I, I've drifted in various directions and ended up with shoes that I like. Um, but I, I don't think particularly based on any of those sorts of things. It's just, they're just ones that suit me when I go out running and that's the best test. Yeah. And I think we talk about buying kit, but I, and I think that's, you know, it can be something that people enjoy doing, but I'm not sure I'd muck, as you say, I wouldn't muck around too much with these shoes. And I, I think most runners, once they get something they like, they tend to be, you know, you've got to come up with a really strong reason to try changing. Perhaps you're, if you're getting injured and you think your shoes are a factor, or you've got some other problem, or you get recommendation from someone who's an expert in biomechanics or a physio or something to move to a different type of shoe. Otherwise, I wouldn't go changing for sort of fashion reasons, as it were. No. You probably just want to stick with it. Certainly, my next pair of shoes is going to be another pair of Skechers because, you know, I had yeah. about three pairs on the trot with them. and like. Yeah, so I, I mean, to be honest, my Itagami Masunu ones are still going strong because I do so little road running. Despite some blip in Strava that thinks I've done a thousand kilometers in them, I haven't done anything like <laughs> that. The, um, I've got some random runners appeared somewhere that I can't find that has elevated them by about a thousand kilometers on Strava. Um, and I don't, I mostly my running's done in fell running and my fell running shoes have been Salomon Speedcross fours they're up to now for the last, the last couple of years, actually. And I've, I've been through about three or four pairs of them and. And they're heavy, they're heavy, and but they, and they've got a Gore-Tex lining. But I moved to them because I just got so cheesed off with getting freezing cold feet, yeah, and getting massive hot aches when I got back and the toes just frozen. Yeah, that actually I moved to a Gore-Tex shoe, and it was just and I, I, and you know if you're training, it doesn't really matter if the shoe's a bit heavier. Um, anyway, I figured it was probably that's absolutely fine, and but my feet were warm and toasty. Um, but I do find that five or 600, I'm about 600 kilometers into these and they are absolutely thrashed. I've got a great big hole in them and there's just water gushes in at the toe now. Um, and it's not like the Gore-Tex is broken down. There's literally a hole in the outer where yeah. it just pours in. So I've, um, actually today, as we're speaking, I've ordered myself a new pair of shoes, but I've ordered Innovate. Oh, yes. Um, and so Innovate are obviously a well-known fell running shoe. I've had and I've had... Yeah, I've got X-Talons, X-Talon yeah. 212. So I've had several pairs of them. Before I got the speed cross, I got several pairs of X-Talon. And so I've bought another pair of them and I'll run them over the summer and into the autumn. And when the weather turns again, um, I'll, I'll get another pair of speed cross in the autumn because really I'm going through a couple of pairs of shoes a year mm. at the moment. So I had, um, for cross-country running, I had, um, was it those Brooks? Is it is it Brooks that were the sort of traditional fell? Running book, and the, you know they're very traditional-looking shoes. Walsh, yeah, it's PB Walsh's. Walsh, yes. So yeah, so I got a pair of those one time, and it, again, just a damp, quite a damp experience because when you go out running here, it's always wet underfoot. So there's no. Yeah, the thing about Walsh's is that they are they are the classic fell shoe, and, you, and they still exist, I think, don't they? But they are um, they are super lightweight, and I mean they weigh next to nothing. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I had a pair of them. I ran mountain marathons in them and all sorts with, and got horrific blisters, <laughs> probably because my feet got so wet rather yeah. than anything else. I seem to remember they had a very stiff heel cup as well, which yeah. just rubbed really yeah. badly. 
I suppose that's one thing I would say about running shoes. And as you, uh, you mentioned yourself, that actually you can't really tell what they're going to be like either until you've done a, you've done a fair few runs in them. You do need to just sort of break them down a little and actually f- get them flexing and get them get them fitting your feet. And then you'll have a better idea about what they're like for you. So it, it can be a bit hard to tell in those first few runs. Yes. Um, so I always dread that phase with new shoes. Yeah, I've had the Innovate and... Um... I don't think I have had Salomon. I bought some Salomon um, four cross walking boots one time, which I think have got a similar sort of um, sole on them as the running, the running ones. But these were high over the ankle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've had a few different off road ones, and I had some just sort of generic um, Asics off roads that you know just. I think mm. the only difference that were they were, were grey coloured, <laughs> you know, so they yeah. didn't show up the mud so yeah, much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, so my general advice for buying running shoes as well, do you tend to go to run shop, your local running shop and buy them or internet? And I'm, I'm, now that I know which ones I'm getting, I just buy them on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I find, I find when I go to a running shop, I end up getting persuaded to try something different. And, um, so that's why I don't go. I just <laughs> stick with what I stick with what I know works. Yeah. Yeah, I feel a little bit guilty because it's nice to support your local running shops it is. when you can. Yeah. Because we'll miss them when they're gone. Yes. <laughs> and that is the risk with internet shopping. But you're right. Once you, and you know, if you're buying shoes, you, the price difference is spectacular, isn't it? Yeah. In terms of, if you, if, particularly if you're happy to wear last season's colours, yeah. which clearly is an, really a no brainer when it comes to fell shoes, given that you can't tell the colour after about two runs anyway. That's right. Uh, there's there, there's significant savings to make. In terms of websites, um, I use and I've used fairly regularly. It's probably worth recommending. And there's no affiliate link here or anything like that. Is sportshoes.com. Yes, I've used that. Um, yeah, I find them really good. And I, I think because there's a lot of you, you go shopping and you you go to a website, you're not quite sure if it's legit, and they seem they seem to be legitimate. They you know they're very easy to navigate the site prices are often good well, they've got so and many it, so many shoes yeah. it's, it's a massive choice isn't it that you're not going to get in a shoe shop yeah and, and re- returning them is pretty easy as well so mm. you can wear them around the house if you're but as you say once you know the kind of shoes that suit you and especially if you've got two or three that you know work actually it's really not a it's not a factor anyway is it no um uh, and so the other website I recommend is um, I look at quite a lot for when I am starting to hunt around and because usually I have a good hard look at other shoes and decide if I want to change and then decide I don't um, is r- runrepeat.com. Oh, I haven't seen that. Um, yeah, runrepeat. They seem to have lots of really good technical details and sort of, you know, and nice, just really succinct summaries about the shoes. Mm. Uh, you know the plus points and the negative points just in four or five bullet points of each yeah and it makes it really easy because it's really hard to tell otherwise what the kind of you know what might be the plus and what might be the minuses of shoes because you know it's one of those it's one of those modern um phenomenon of choice isn't it there's just so much choice yeah it boggles your brain and i think that comes back to that that thing of when you're starting out it's better to just stick with one of the big brands because you know you, you know you're going to get decent quality. Yeah, go go for one of the big brands, something middle of the road, then get them for a cheaper price you can. Uh, you know, I'll go down the running shop and at least get them to have a chat to you. But hopefully they won't try and overcomplicate matters. Yeah, um, and then you're sorted. What do you think about um, those those running tests? Because they often have treadmills in the shops, don't they? 
Yeah, I, I voodoo snake oil mm. is kind of the <laughs> words too. that are coming into my head. Yes. I, I don't. I, I think the problem is it's biomechanics are so complicated and yeah. affected by so many factors. There's so many muscles in your leg, and they can all be have playing a playing a part. And it's like, you know, the evidence around orthotics, there's no good evidence around orthotics. So insoles that actually they make a lot of difference mm. to people. And you can always hear anecdotes about people who tell you they had orthotics and they're miraculously cured of X, Y and Z. Yeah. But the kind of the, the overall evidence is really weak. And so I think shoes are the same thing, really, mm. you know, whether it's anti-pronation or and I think I saw an, I saw an article last week about anti-pronation shoes making absolutely they couldn't really see any discernible difference in any improvement. But I think the thing about treadmills is you can at least tell whether a shoe feels okay. Bearing in mind the fact you don't really know until you've done a few runs, you know, if you sometimes you put a shoe on, whether whether any kind of shoe, and you just think, oh, that is hideous, feels awful. Yeah. You at least at least you can get that sensation and walk a bit and go for a little jog on the treadmill and tell. Yeah. So um, good for that. But I, I probably wouldn't I wouldn't wouldn't go much beyond that with yeah. them. So uh, that's probably shoes. Uh, socks wise, any? I was uh, working our way up. Any special sock top tips? Um, so <laughs> I like. Um, I get. I've got some sketches running. Shop. You know, I was in the shop. Right. They were the, there. They were. They're great. And so I bought several pairs, and they come a nice bright orange. They've got a white pair as well. And um, so sketches socks again is what I use. Um, although obviously not with my Vibrams at the moment because they you don't wear socks in them. Although you can get five finger socks for them and i have had them in the past for wearing in the winter but actually they don't make that much difference and they're quite difficult to put on <laughs> much more difficult than the shoes <laughs> getting each little toe yeah. in it's quite tricky so uh, yeah i don't recommend particularly the socks with the vibrams but yeah sketchy socks i think the um i quite like gore-tex s- socks as well so uh, gore socks sorry i quite like those not gore-tex right yeah yeah I think it's one of those things I quite like going down the running shop and buying my socks from them because I feel like I'm supporting them and it doesn't cost very much. And yeah. any of those brands there work quite nicely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's ones that are going to help try and help you not get blisters, isn't it? Which I think is something that's got two layers. So there's a bit of sliding between them. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, I have, I have used the double layer ones in the past and I'm not sure how much they difference they actually made on the blister side, but. You know, they they felt okay. They can be a bit of a pain when they start getting tangled up amongst themselves. Mm. Actually, it's something I'm going to put on blokeology.io quite soon as I found a brilliant systematic review on blisters, mm. on blisters in outdoor pursuits, a, a systematic review article <laughs> in the medical literature brilliant. on how to prevent blisters. So I, I'm, I'm going to summarise that and get that on sometime soon. Yeah, so the other thing I was going to ask about, compression socks, John. Tell me your view on compression socks. So I've had them and I don't think they make any difference. No, they didn't make any difference to me. And um, they look a bit odd as well because they're long, aren't they? It's like you're wearing... Yeah. I, I Yeah. I, I think my advice is if you're setting out and running, I wouldn't go near, near compression socks. No. Because um, you're likely to make yourself feel very self-conscious. Mm. And um, frankly, I'm the kind of person that would stigmatise you for them because I just <laughs> think they look absolutely... You know, which is obviously very wrong of me and I've, I feel bad about it. But um, yeah, they're just... They're, I just, they're, they're kind of a slightly, I find them odd Yeah. <laughs> on all sorts of levels. Uh, again, you might know, I can't believe there's any evidence for them that they help. Yeah. So I, I dug out a systematic review on this, actually. And there's a systematic review in 2016 in the Journal of Sports Medicine, or just called Sports Medicine. 
Uh, is there evidence that runners can benefit from wearing compression clothing mm. is the article. Um, and they actually looked at socks, calf sleeves, shorts and tights as well. Yeah. And it's one of these articles that's annoyed me a little bit because what it says in the abstract and key points is not what the results say exactly. Mm. <laughs> so it's very misleading because people read the abstract and the key points and um it's the present findings were they suggested that so let me quote suggest that by wearing compression clothing runners may improve variables related to endurance performance i.e time to exhaustion slightly due to improvements in running economy biomechanical variables perception and muscle temperature they should also benefit from reduced muscle pain damage and inflammation end quote so that's their conclusion and that is not in any shape or form what the article says when i read it and with any systematic review there's something called a forest plot which you'll know which is that kind of little picture of lines which tells you yes. the likely effect and also the confidence intervals which is how likely something is to is to be a true difference rather than just a sort of statistical blip and the only ones that actually are statistically significant that i can see are rates of perceived exertion so if you wear compression socks you feel like you're try trying a little bit hard, less hard. Mm. So they improve that. And delayed onset of muscle soreness is very close to being statistically significant, but the very end of the line is does cross zero. So there's quite a strong effect there that may... So that's definitely towards that end of the spectrum. So there may be some small effect on delayed onset of muscle soreness. But mm. you've got to be really careful about interpreting these. And so I think the evidence is, you know, at best weak and... I, I don't think the conclusion that the shows that the paper suggests is actually what the paper shows at all. Yeah. So um, suggesting large positive effects is certainly not quite all there. But that seems to be if there's anything that they're trending towards, it's the post-exercise pain, damage, and inflammation that improves. So it's the you know then that's you know compression socks. That was my always understanding. Is you didn't wear them for the exercise. You stuck them on afterwards. Yes. And then that was made a bit of a difference. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's a little bit what this supports. Yeah. But that's about as far as I would go, mm. I think. So not exactly co comprehensive by any stretch. Mm. All right. So uh, shorts and leggings we started talking about. Now, I, I wear an old pair of, I wear traditional running shorts, kind of Steve Cram, Steve, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sebastian Coe, Steve Ovette, styly, all the very 1970s, 1980s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the, exactly, you got it. So I wear a pair like that. They're not in red. They are navy blue, so they're not quite as <laughs> offensive. Um, but I just, I like wearing them uh, when I can, when I'm warm enough. Um, I don't get particularly chafed. And if I'm going for a longer run, I use a bit of Vaseline. Yeah. Actually, just yeah, a, yeah. A, is the top and bottom. I mean, I, do, I still do that as well. I think, you know, if I'm going, if I'm running longer than sort of 45 minutes, then I'll, I'll put some Vaseline on as well. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No one likes to be chafed. No. <laughs> and I, I mean, I like the Nike ones, you know, in terms of the um, leggings, I think Nike make a really good range of um, that uh, I think it's dry fit. Yeah. You know, I really like, I really yeah. rate that gear and it, it, it never changes. It's always the same and it always works. Yeah. I think that's the, exactly. And so the, my other item that I wear is a pair of, when it's cold, 
I, I, it's particularly out in the fells, is I have a pair of Ron Hill tracksters. Oh, um, and I don't know if you ever had Ron Hills. I have. I bought, I bought some because I thought well, I must try and move away from these lycra, but I didn't like them like I didn't like them like like the lycra. <laughs> yeah. So the advantage if you, if you don't know them, Ron Hills, they're a bit like they've been around since about the 1970s or at least the 1980s, and they were the the standard wear of every mountaineer, hill walker, and climber for many many years, and they're still to be found, and you can still buy them. And actually, they're just kind of, they're just slightly more loose fitting, aren't they? They're not, they don't, they don't cling to you like Lycra. No. So actually, if you're a bit self-conscious, but you want something a bit, Traxters are actually a really good option. And they're, they're still pretty much cheap as chips compared to these sort of technical clothing, which will compress muscles in certain areas and do all that side. Ron Hills will not do that in any shape or form, but they last pretty much forever. Yeah. Um, and I, I've got a pair of Ron Hills that, I actually took with me on an ex. I'd already had for ten years, I think, <laughs> and I took with I took them with me on an expedition to Nepal in the year two thousand. And as part of that expedition, I needed a pair of shorts, so I cut them off with my penknife <laughs> above the knee, and I'm still running in them now. So eighteen oh, yeah. years later, that's a, that's a ringing, yeah, and, um, ringing endorsement. Yeah, yeah. So they they do they last forever, um, and I just haven't. I can, they can't be bettered as far as I'm concerned. Mm. I do have a kind of a pair of three quarter length tights that I wear sometimes if the weather's a bit in between. Um, and you know, they're okay, but to be honest, they're so thin. I almost feel like I have, there's, you know, I'm as cold as I would be in shorts anyway. I mean, and I have, um, so in terms of my like, I've, I've got long for when it's winter. I've got slightly thicker ones for winter and I've got sort of knee length ones for the summer. So I do make a nod to different weather conditions in them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I I think that's important. It's maybe not as when you're road running and you're down in the towns and stuff, and you're it's not as important. But in the fells, it's really important to kind of make sure that you're getting your temperature as right. And I'm always slightly distressed by fell runners who go out in you know really quite fierce conditions with a running vest and very short shorts. Yeah, you've got to keep moving to keep warm, haven't you? So as soon as you have an yeah, injury, if, you're in if, trouble. Yeah, if you crack an, if you crack an ankle, mm. then you're in you're in serious trouble. And I know most races these days do require you to carry full body cover. Mm. But you know, you still see runners out there in you know kind of temperatures which are single figures, maybe just above zero wearing very very little. And there's a slight kind of cultural issue in fell running that I think is to do with the fact that's what you're supposed to wear rather than actually what's a good idea. Yes. Um, and I, I hate, and I, I, I hate being too hot when I'm running. It really affects me. I slow up massively if I get too hot. So, and I guess it's not, it's normal to go out a little bit cold, isn't it? And just feel a yes. little bit, you know, you, you warm up. Yeah. I, I think, um, equally it shouldn't be painful. So that, there's a bit of trial and error there more than anything. All right. So in terms of tops, thermal tops, Anything in particular um, so, you wear? So thermal tops, I've got, a, if it's, so my usual thing is just, uh, again, just a Nike uh, running vest. Um, I've got a couple of other ones that I've bought along the way, but that's actually my favourite at the moment because it's a nice bright yellow. And um, then if it's cold, I've got some, again, some gore um, stuff that is sort of windproof. So it's, you know, the, but it has to be pretty cold for that, and it has to be pretty nasty outside for that, because otherwise you get far too hot. Um, yeah. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll wear that if it's in between, and then um, I might, if it's raining, I've got. Are we going on to raining wear yet? Or that, yeah, yeah, top. go for yeah, it. So yeah. ra- rain wear, I've got a, a, a sort of breathable top, an OMM one. I can't remember what that stands for now. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, anyway, yeah, it's the original mountain marathon. That's it. And it's excellent. It's really good. And again, if it's just a little bit cold, I'll, I'll, I might not, I might just wear, uh, I might have a Heli Hansen, uh, thin, uh, thermal underneath and then just have that on top and, you know, I'm toasty and dry. Yeah. So absolutely. I'm, well, I'm very similar. I almost always wear at this time of year, a kind of long sleeve thermal top. And usually I've got, I've got synthetic ones like Heli Hansen, which has got the, it's again, they're the standard issue with Ron Hill Tracksters, to be honest, your yes. Heli Hansen polypropylene top. Um, but actually I don't find them hugely warm and I tend to wear in the winter Merino ones, which yes. um, can be hideously expensive, but I managed to pick up a couple of dead cheap from Aldi, um, early last year yeah and they were they're top quality i've worn them to death yeah. um, and my my problem with kit is a bit unlike yourself perhaps is that i tend to once i get a bit of kit i like i tend to wear it until it has to be surgically removed or the or my wife throws it when, it, when it's stinking before i put it on then i know <laughs> it's time um, to then i know it's about time to chuck it yeah. so i usually wear it once more of course and then just throw it in the bin but that you know that tends to be every year or two um, before I finally get round to that, yeah. so and I I will wear merino top, and then I've also got an OMM, which is a brilliant for fell running is superb mm. when it's windy and yeah. conditions are bad, and, it, and, and I think I've got it's the really uh, light as well, mm. isn't it? Easy to pack down. Yeah, mm. so I, usually I carry a bum bag, which I you know I stuff these sort of like a my, my windproof top in, and um, any accessories, mm. um, and I think it's for the Camlaker smock, smock is the one I've got um the omm mm. um and that's really good and i think you've got to have something you, you can just get the. i've got i've got a couple of cheap pertex ones as well which really weren't expensive and they just take the edge of the wind off and they're still breathable enough and they work really well but uh, you know preferably in a bright color so you can't get cleaned out yeah. by any traffic um it used to be standing orders when you in the army that if you run around the garrison particularly at night you had to wear a um, reflective vest yeah which back in those days you felt a bit self-conscious about. But nowadays, I think actually you see people are generally a bit, they, you don't see many runners at, out at night who haven't got something fairly reflective on. No, yeah, uh, definitely loads of it. And, and even if they're just those sort of almost like a, you know, a workman um, reflective vest over the top of everything. And Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, a, you know, that's, you know, that's essential bit of kit if you're out running at night, particularly at winter in the streets, just to so make sure someone sees you. Yeah. Um, makes a big difference. So I guess the other thing I'd advise people is not to run, you know, generally running in cotton t-shirts is a bad idea. Yeah. It's too um, cold and damp. Yeah. Once you get, especially if you're anything like myself, once you get a bit of a sweat on, they just cling to you. Yeah. Then they chafe horribly. Yes. Um, and they're, you know, okay. If you're just going out for a quick 30, 40 minute round the block, probably okay. But, um, actually most of the time even a, like a technical t-shirt they're not terribly expensive as if you don't go for anything very branded it will just be a lot cooler when it's warm and a lot warmer when it's cold um, and are well worth picking up cheap from then there's lots of places sell them now yeah yeah any essential accessories john that well, you for me, tend so to I've, run got, with? I've got longish hair and um so one of those i've got quite a few of those um you know, those tube things that you pull over your head. Yeah, buff. Buff, that's the word. <laughs> so I've got several buffs and uh, they, for me, are essential because I can't stand getting the hair in my mouth. So I put a buff on when I go out running. And then if it's cold, I'll put on a, I've got a, I've got a merino wool um, uh, hat that I've been wearing for 
10 years or something like that. I keep on thinking I must change that because it's sort of, it's sort of got an ingrained dirt mark on the front of it from my forehead that can't shift with watching. Nice. Washing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's nice. That I is. like. That. Yeah, I've. Yeah, so I have. I have a. I have. A, I have a couple of buffs. I've got like a thick. I've got one which is fle- fully fleece, double lined. I've got one of those simple kind of cottony ones, mm. uh, and I've got one which is half and half, depending on the conditions. I'll mm-hmm. chuck on, and they're obviously really versatile. Whether you stick them on as a headband, or you can use them as a, like a, a hat, or you can stick them around your wrist, um, wrist just as a sort of sweat rag. If they were that, they work as all sorts of things. So, so buffs are kind of really cool, cool bit of kit to use. Yeah, I like them. Um, and I have a little fleece hat that I wear when the conditions are bad. And I often set out running with, um, you know, my little fleece hat and my buff. And then they get, but once I've got going for 10 minutes, I strip them off and stash them. Yeah. Um, and, and I suppose my other essential kit, and then I've, especially I've noticed these days, got older and in fact I, I, as a correction from the last episode i'm 45 not 46 got my age wrong which is a, which is a, this is a bad sign isn't it yeah. when you're starting to when you're starting to get your age years. wrong yeah yeah um it's gloves i really i really oh, yeah. i find I, str- I struggle without gloves these days never used to be a problem but actually now i just once my hands get cold there's no warm in them so i'm quite careful about that yeah my gloves are a staple as well but again i've just occasionally if it's really bad then i'll wear a proper pair of uh waterproof I, i've got a pair of those um seal skin gloves uh but usually usually i'm just wearing um a thin fleece glove and that's that's enough i think i've got a pair of rab yeah rab fleece thin almost under gloves but not quite that thin yeah i've got a pair like that and um i very rarely well i suppose it's winter now but i very rarely seem to take them off mm. um when i'm running and even when i have to strip off other layers i tend to leave my gloves on yeah. i've actually when i'm up in the fells and it's really cold i've got a pair of big over gloves i pull over the top yeah that i carry with me but um actually ridiculously they're a pair of dachstein mitts i don't know if you've ever if you, you know dachstein mitts they were yeah. again a 1970s bit of climbing kit and they're just this really tightly woven wool mitten um, and i used to climb in them back in the 90s and I did all sorts of ice climbing in them and they were brilliant for that but now apparently you can't beat a pair of mittens just for warming your hands up yeah and they're still really lightweight and um they work really well so I just they're they are in the depths of winter they're stuffed into my bun, ba- bun bag and when things get really cold I can pull them on as well mm. anything else do you tend to run with music head headphones so I've accessories been th- I've been through a whole thing with that so yes I used to run with music and um then found that actually when i when i wanted to start concentrating on training i couldn't have the music as well because it was affecting my pace uh, you know so um i stopped running with music and then i i did some training up for a half marathon so there were some quite long boring runs on the training for that and so i started listening to audiobooks uh, whilst running but um so if i'm going on something long uh, such you know if it's going to be more than an hour then I might take an audio book with me but anything less than that then it's generally nothing um but I, I have one other piece of kit um which um it, it is sort of the way up up the body which is I've got a uh a, a sort of it's a it's a it's a light <laughs> and a reflective band that flashes so it, it's it's like those I can't quite describe it you know but you pull it out and it stays straight and when you whack it on something it curls around you know those things. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So that just go, that yeah. So it just goes on my top arm. There's a button on it. Like a, it flashes, and I think that's a really neat way of just sticking something on that you're going to be seen at night. And um, yeah. It, it, 
there are other things that you can get that clip on and things like that, but this is good because it goes right around your arm and and it's on, it's there and it's flashing away. Uh, So I've got, I've got that. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, I haven't, um, my wife has got some, particularly for swimming. So you can get these little LED lights that clip on, can't you, in various Mm. colors that flash and do all sorts of things now. So it's dead easy to, to make yourself visible, isn't it? I'm exactly, I'm exactly the same with um, longer runs. I find that, sometimes with the very long runs where i'm going very slowly actually i'll take i'll take my phone and headphones and listen to uh, podcasts actually normally rather than audiobooks but um and i'll very occasionally go out with music for a bit of a change particularly if i'm going out on roads but otherwise i don't tend to do it with music too often i find it just i'll just like to get into my own headspace and the music sometimes just is a wee bit distracting. Yes, I find the same as well. And also, I, t- I tend to be doing a training regime which requires a certain amount of concentration about when you're going to go fast and when you're going to go slow. So, um, yeah, yeah, I I I'm either concentrating on that or just trying to be mindful of my running rather than just away listening to music. Okay, anything else you would add, John? No, I think... The most important thing is having a pair of shoes. And that's the best thing about running is that's all you really need. Um, and, it, you know, in terms of um, lack of complication compared to other sports, running's really good from that point of view. I know we've talked about lots of other bits and pieces, but really, you know, all you really need is a pair of running shoes and away you go. Yeah, I, I was going to say that at the end as well, that I kind of, we've talked about lots of bits and pieces and you don't need any of those things, do you? That if you've got those shoes, you're pretty much sorted. The rest will follow. Yeah. Um, and it's a wonderfully simple activity in that regard. And quick, uh, you know, you, you get a really decent workout in a relatively short period of time. If you, if you go out for a 15, if, if you go out for any sort of run, five minutes run, you're making big strides forward. If you're going for 20 minutes, half an hour, you're doing something um, that's going to be really worthwhile. All right, John. Well, thanks very much. That has been fantastic. Thank you very much for listening. The show notes for this episode can be found at www.blocology.io forward slash 002. Please do leave a review and subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcatcher. Any feedback is very welcome and you can leave comments, send email or make contact with me via Twitter, Facebook and the usual social media channels at blokeology.io. Thanks again.